You're listening to Crossroads International Church Podcast. Welcome. We hope this podcast will bless you from wherever you're listening to it. For more information, go to our website at xrds.nl. Now, let's get into the podcast. Well, hello, beautiful church. How are you? <laughs> well, it's so good to be with you. You, uh, you have no idea. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, I had my hip, uh, my hip uh, replaced a few weeks ago. So don't tell my doctor, but technically speaking, I should still be on two crutches, but that's a technicality. We'll, we'll move on from that. So first thing that I want to say is, <coughs> sorry, cough. First thing I want to say is I just once again realized what an absolute privilege it is and how blessed Catherine and the kids and myself are to be part of this tremendous community. You are such a beautiful people, and I thank God for you. I got flowers in Dutch style. I had a house full of flowers. I got cakes and cards and prayers and emails and just wonderful support, and just wanted to say a massive thank you, first of all, to all of you for just showing us just tremendous love, and, and we're so grateful for that. But it's good to be with you. So, so let me just tell you a little bit. So as I said, a few weeks ago, I had the old hip replaced. And um, so what set this apart from the other surgeries I've had is I made the decision to not have general anesthetic, but to be awake. Now listen. I don't know how much you know about hip replacement surgery, but let's just be honest with one another. It's butchery. <laughs> There's hammering and drilling and sawing. And so I, in my great wisdom, made the choice, well, I know, let's be awake. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a great plan, don't you think? So I get into the operating theater, the tension's building, I'm not going to lie, I'm nervous, almost cried a little bit maybe, I don't know, that, you know, I'm not confessing to that, I'm, I'm just saying, so, <coughs> so I'm nervous, and then all of a sudden then, but they get me ready, and this needle, and, and really, it, it, I think it was about that size, this needle goes into my back, and as the needle goes into my back, I go, ah! No, I didn't, I didn't do that. But what did I do? As this needle goes into my back, and so by the way, so they say, okay, well, lie down, and then the doctors, they just start working, and I'm like, um, uh, hello, um, I, I, I can feel what you're doing. And so they laugh. I said, no, don't worry, it'll take a few minutes, but you won't feel it, whatever. Anyway, I didn't. So, um, but what did I do? Instead of screaming, what did I do? I prayed. You bet I prayed. I fired off a quick little prayer, you know, because that's what we do in moments of crisis, in moments of stress and anxiety, isn't it? We, and for many of us, that's what prayer is all about. It's this little lifesaver, this SOS, this little flare gun, this little life raft that we keep in the back of our pockets. When things in life get a bit crazy, we fire off a quick little arrow to heaven. God, please don't let me die. <laughs> 
Lord, please be with me. Please help me. Now, here's the thing. I think that, and thinking about that, and thinking about the sermon series as I was preparing about prayer, and let me just say, I'm really super excited about the series. This is going to be a good one. And, uh, and also, before I forget, I've prepared daily devotions for you, so everyday devotions on this series for five weeks that you can follow with daily, and my hope and my prayer is that you'll come to a real understanding of prayer. See, but my thinking about this is, as I was firing up my little prayer there uh, to the heavens uh, in my moment of anxiety and stress, I thought, let's be honest with one another for a second. That's what prayer and our prayer lives look like for most of us. In these moments, these peak moments, when there's stress or there's anxiety or I need to make a decision or I need a job or I need to pass my exams, whatever it might be, you know, then we kind of say our prayers. But then in the kind of flatline moments of life, in the quotidian, if you will, the mundane well, we just do our thing. And then there's, you know, a stress moment. I suddenly I need God's help, and then I fire off a quick little prayer, and then the rest of the time I just, you know, do my own thing. Now, if you think about it, most of our lives are spent in the quotidian of life, in the mundane. And so, therefore, our prayer lives are actually, if we're honest, rather anemic. And if you then begin to consider our relationship with God, with our Creator, and we think of it in terms of a relationship like a marriage or a friendship, what's at the heart of relationships and friendship is us talking to one another, communicating with one another. It is then, then no surprise that many of us are seated here thinking, well, God, where are you? Why is my relationship with you so dull and so boring? Why is there nothing new and life and fresh? And, and, and I just feel like a bag of old dry bones. Well, that's because we do our own thing and only just really when there's really a crisis of some kind, then we quickly, you know, whip out the old prayer and say, Lord, you know, please, will you, you know, help me, or whatever the case may be, and the rest of the time, we really just don't communicate, or commune with, or pray, or engage with God at all, and so I wanted to do a series on prayer, because I don't know about you, but my heart yearns to say, God, I I just want to be close to you. I just want to know you. I don't understand everything about faith in you, but I want to. I want to know you. I want to be close to you. I want, I want my heart to be on fire for you. I want my faith to be, to be full of joy and passion. I want you to know me, and I want to know you. Now, God has given us many ways to know him, and many ways to keep our faith alive. But I believe, you know, we can think about worship, fellowship, and we can list a whole lot reading the Bible. But I believe at the heart of our relationship with God and knowing God and getting to know God and deepening that relationship with God for our relationship to become more intimate and real, probably the greatest gift that God has given us and probably the least complicated and most accessible 
is this gift called prayer. And so I wanted to talk about prayer for five weeks. I want to tell you how we're going to do it. And my hope is that you will develop a real, intimate prayer life. And if you've been coming to church for all your life, that in this series, God will grab hold of you and you'll take your relationship with Him to a new level. Perhaps you're a new Christian. This series is for you. Perhaps you don't even believe yet. This series is for you. We're going to talk about prayer. It's going to be great, and here's how we're going to do it. I thought, wouldn't it be nice if we find some famous, well-known characters in the Bible... And we look at how they prayed. How did they engage with God? How did they commune with God? And let's see, can we learn something from their lives and apply it to our lives and grow into a more intimate relationship with God through what we learn uh, in their prayer lives? So that's what we're going to do. And today we are going to start with Moses. So we're going to work our way through. We're going to start with Moses. Next week is going to be David. That's going to be a good one. David next week, Elijah, then Jesus himself, and then the Apostle Paul. That's going to be a fun way of learning about and talking about prayer. Now, when we look at Moses and Moses' life, and we read in Exodus 33, verse 11. In fact, let me read the verse to you. It says this, The Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, as one speaks to a friend. Isn't that lovely? Can you imagine a relationship with God like that? Where God speaks to us face to face as if we are friends? And of course, the beautiful thing, because of Jesus and his New Testament believers, we know that Jesus said, and because of Jesus and what he did for us, he says, that's possible, you can. But many of us don't know that and have never experienced that. And my hope is that uh, we can develop such a relationship with our God as clearly Moses did with his God through this series. So we look at Moses and his relationship with God. Clearly, they had a special relationship. And I believe part of that, at the heart of the special relationship, speaking face-to-face as one speaks to a friend, part of the reason for that was prayer. So let's look at how did Moses pray and what can we learn from that. But let's just set the scene for ourselves first. Let's recap a little bit. Moses. Okay, let's remind ourselves. It's, uh, for some of us, it's been a long time since we were in Sunday school. So, uh, so Moses was an Israelite. Okay? Now he lived during a time when the Israelites lived in Egypt. They were slaves. In Egypt, they were not treated well at all. The Pharaoh at that time had embarked upon a great uh, a building project, building monumental structures all over the land, and he used the Israelites as slave labor to help him build all these monumental structures. So, but what happened over time, the Israelites grew in number, and there were so many of them, this Pharaoh got worried. He said, listen, there are way too many Israelites, and considering the way that I'm treating them, chances are pretty substantial that they might rise up against me. And so this is not a good thing. We need to keep these Israelites under control. And so he ordered that all the newborn baby boys be killed. So Moses' mom 
got pregnant, obviously. And now she knew where the Pharaoh's daughter used to go down to a section of the river and would bathe there. And she thought, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give birth. And then it was a son. It was Moses. And so she said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go down to the river, put him in a basket. You remember this from Sunday school? Put him in the basket. I'm going to let him float down to that section of river where Pharaoh's daughter is. And then hopefully she'll see him. And this, by the way, is the first case of adoption we read in the Bible right? So by the way, anyway, so then Moses goes down the river and um, Pharaoh's daughter sees him and um, you know the story, she takes him into her home, adopts him as her own and Moses gets taken into the palace and raised to live a life of great privilege. And so here is Moses in the palace, fame and fortune, he has it all a life of luxury, in fact, a prince of Egypt. But he knew he was different. He knew he was an Israelite. And so one day, he's walking along, and uh, he sees an Egyptian being very ugly to uh, an Israelite slave. In fact, he was beating the slave. Moses gets upset, and he attacks this Egyptian soldier, and in fact, he kills him. So now he's in trouble. Pharaoh's upset with him. In fact, Pharaoh wants him arrested and probably executed. So what does he do? He runs. He runs into the wilderness. He flees. And this is where we pick up the story. So here we have a man who goes from palace to wilderness. <laughs> from prince to pauper. From having it all to having nothing. Living in the desert, looking after goats and sheep. That's his life now, a prince, and now he looks after sheep and goats. And so what happens is one day he's in the wilderness, looking after sheep and goats, and he sees a little fire in the distance, and he notices something unusual, a fire, and he decides to go and investigate. And I want to read for us just from verse 3. We'll just read verse 3 and 4. And this is where we're going to start. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush is burning, but it does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And then Moses said, here I am, Lord. And then what follows is a whole dialogue between God and Moses. And it really is a section of prayer. And that story is about prayer and Moses' prayer life as he engages with God. And we can learn a few things from that. Here's the first thing that I think we can learn and I want to share with us. So here's Moses, minding his own business mining a couple of sheep and goats, he notices something. Now, he could easily, he sees a bit of smoke, sees a bit of fire off in the distance. Now, he could easily have gone and just say, huh, that's interesting. Come on, sheep, let's go and move on, carry on with life. But he didn't. He noticed, he paid attention. So that's number one if you're taking notes. Moses paid attention. 
and he decided to move in closer. And it's when he moved in closer to investigate, and really that's what prayer is. So by the way, isn't prayer the moving in closer? Moving in closer to investigate, he notices, he pays attention, he moves in closer, and as he moves closer, God calls him, he encounters God, and his life was never, ever the same again. And it started with him paying attention. God used the fire to get his attention. So here's my question for you. Any fires in your life? <laughs> Any fires in your life? Any smoke? Anything burning in your life? Is God trying to get your attention? Will you, like Moses, take the time to stop and notice there's a fire? <laughs> Let me stop. Notice, pay attention, and move closer, and hope I will encounter God, and my life will be changed. Or, oh, there's a fire in my life. Great. Let's move on and keep on walking. That's, that's not what we learned from Moses. Now, to be fair, I think, though, in all honesty, I think it would have been easy for Moses to notice because, well, you know, to pay attention. It was just him and some sheep in a desert. There was nothing else going on. So paying attention, I think, maybe would have been a bit easier for him. But it is precisely because our lives are so busy that I need to make this my first point, that I think real encounter with God and prayer and the start, the first thing I need to say to you with deepening our relationship with God has to begin with us wanting to pay attention to the things going on in our lives. Because make no mistake, you and I do, there's so much going on in our lives. We do need to be intentional about setting time aside to notice, pay attention, and to draw closer, we need to set time aside to spend with God. And I think real meaningful prayer begins with that intention of paying attention and noticing and moving in closer. I'm absolutely convinced that from a distance, think about the burning bush in this way, from a distance... It was just a normal fire. Huh? Have you ever thought about that? From a distance, it was just some smoke and something's burning. It would have been nothing special, nothing unusual, but it's as he noticed and as he moved closer that it became what it became eventually in his life. It has to start, my friends, with you and me setting time aside for prayer, to want to spend time with God, to want to pay attention to what's going on in my life at the moment. What's happening? What's been happening in the past month, the past few months? Where am I at today? Is God trying to get my attention? Does God want to speak to me about something in my life? 
See, God speaks and God speaks all the time. We just miss it so often because we're not paying attention. And so when we want to talk about prayer, we have to start here. Pay attention to the smoke. And something that might start out as just something ordinary, an ordinary event. Oh, I come to school today and I see my friends a little bit sad. It might just, okay, whatever. But when I pay attention, I draw in closer. What started as just a a friend with a sad face might become a life-changing encounter for that friend of mine and me as I sit down beside her and I say, what's going on? How can I help you? I will never forget. So, let me get this right. 20 years ago, I went to my 10-year school reunion. (laughs) Okay. So, I've been out of school 30 years is what I'm saying. Right. And I met somebody at my 10-year school reunion, and she comes up to me and she says, Paul, Hi, do you, do you remember me? I said, yeah, I, I, I remember you. I didn't remember her name, though, but I, but I remembered her face. And um, she said, do you remember that conversation we had? I'm like, you've got no chance. <laughs> uh, that, no. And she sat down, and she reminded me about a conversation that we had at school. And she, and she told me the story about how her mom and dad had just died in a car accident, and how she had to go live with her grandmother, and how she was so incredibly just broken and upset and did not want to live with her grandmother, and like life was really in, that she had that day, in fact, planned to run away. She had packed her bags, and it's like, that's it, I'm out of here, I can't live this life, and she was planning on running away. She was at school that day, and I sat, and I, I, I don't remember this, but I must have noticed, I must have paid attention, that something's not right, and spoke to her, and in fact, can't believe I did this. I mean, I, I was at school, and I, but I was a Christian, but I, I don't think I was such a committed Christian back then. But, and she said, and you prayed for me. And she said, and it changed my life. Stayed in school, and here I am today, 10 years later, married, kids, happy life. So paying attention to what God is wanting to do in our lives is not just about me and my life but it's also about how God wants to potentially use you in someone else's life. So that's the first thing I learned with Moses there. Okay, so then what happens in the story, number two. Uh, so then what happens in the story, this dialogue follows. So Moses moves in. He, he hears God calling his name, and, and, and God says, Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt. And then we have this whole dialogue where Moses is full of excuses, and Moses goes, God, um, I know you're God, but that's got to be the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Is essentially what this conversation is about. Because he proceeds to make a whole bunch of excuses and explaining to God why God's got it completely wrong. God, I'm not your guy. And eventually, kind of at the, towards the end of this conversation, he says to God, God, may I suggest that you choose someone else? Not me. And then, so here's my first observation about prayer life that I want to say that I pull out of that encounter. You can go read it. It's in, it's in Exodus chapter 3. 
Moses, when talking with God, I learn, and as you look at the rest of his life in uh, Numbers and Deuteronomy and Leviticus, Moses wasn't scared to be real, to be honest with God. He wasn't scared to push back because that's what that that's what happened there. He was pushing back. He had objections, and he listed them. God, listen, what you're saying doesn't make sense, and he had his objections. And I just want to say this to you. When we talk about just growing in our relationship with God, our prayer life has to be honest and real, right? So easily, if we can be honest with one another for half a second, so easily, when we do pray, it's so easy for us to fall into this routine where we use... We use the same lines, same phrases, the same words, the same way. Here's a classic example. Here's how I pray before supper. (laughs) You know where this is going, right? Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this food. Please bless it to our bodies. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) Same prayer all the time. Right? And in and of itself, that's okay. Now, you all just sunk down in your seats because you all do that, (laughs) right? But when it comes to growing in our prayer lives, it's so easy for us to fall into routine. And we use these these fancy, churchy uh, phrases, oh, God Almighty, glory upon heaven, majesty. You know know what I'm saying, right? But what I learned about prayer with Moses here, he was real and he was honest and he said, God, I don't understand this. I don't know what's going on. And, and may I encourage you that as, you, as we begin to explore prayer in the coming weeks, don't be scared to be honest with God and say, God, I, I don't understand what's going on. God, I, I, please don't strike me down, but I think you've made a mistake. Well, God, I, I don't even know if I believe in you. But I want to be honest with you about that. But I want to talk. I want to pay attention, and I, but I want to move closer. And here's what I love about Moses. What I also learned about Moses is this. Is that, yes, he pushed back. And yes, he raised his objections. But in the end, he said yes. He objected, but obeyed. He did not allow his objections to stand in the way of his eventual obedience. And so it's okay for us, I think. And in fact, I think we must when we talk about prayer. And today really is just the introduction. We, in the coming weeks, we're going to really get into it. But it's okay for us, as my opening remarks in the series, to be honest with God. To be real with God. To be yourself with God doesn't help to be fake and to pretend and to use words that I would never normally use in real life. Be real with God. Trust me, God's strong and powerful enough to handle it. He can cope. (laughs) But in the end, Moses said, God, I don't understand, and I don't know why you're asking me to go back to Egypt. Pharaoh wants to kill me, and you want me to go back? I don't get it. It doesn't make sense, God. But even though I don't understand, I believe that you are God, and I will trust you. 
and so I will go. His objections did not prevent his obedience. That's the second thing I think we can pick up about prayer as introductory remarks about prayer um, number two. So number one, pay attention. Number two, be honest and real with God. Don't be scared to object, but don't let your objections stand in the way of your obedience. Thirdly, I've only got four, so we're almost done. We're halfway. Number three, here's another thing that I noticed about. So, so now we move on from that story, and we go to Numbers uh, 11, 12, 13, 14. Um, and we pick the story up. So Moses went back to Egypt. Pharaoh, you know the whole story, let the Israelites go. So now we pick up the story. They are in the desert, and they've been wandering in the desert for a while, and they've been eating manna for a while. You remember what manna means, right? It's what is that stuff? That's literally what it means. So they've been eating manna for a long time, and they are, are, are grumpy, and they are miserable, and they're complaining. And so they, they're getting angry with Moses, and eventually they begin to speak amongst themselves, saying, listen, who is this Moses guy? Actually, life was pretty good in Egypt now that we come to think of it, compared to life in the desert. Let's go back to Egypt. This guy is leading us nowhere. He's a useless, horrible leader. Let's vote him out. Let's get rid of him. And so the people are grumbling and complaining. And Moses gets rid of us. In fact, it got so bad that the people were at the, on the verge of stoning him to death. That's how grumpy and miserable they were and anti-Moses they were. And so Moses gets rid of this. And what does Moses do? He organizes his revenge. No. <laughs> what does he do? He prays. He prays, but notice how he prays. He prays, God, please will you destroy my enemies? No, he doesn't do that either. So he prays, but what does he pray? He prays for the people that have hurt him, that have spoken ill of him, that have harmed him. He prays for his enemies. And I think that's an important thing I want to highlight about prayer. Is Here's what I noticed. Moses' prayer life was not just about himself. So as we talk introductory remarks about prayer, Moses prayed not just for him and his life, but he prayed for others. And so as we get into prayer in the coming weeks, I remind you that an integral part of an intimate and real and significant and meaningful prayer life is a willingness to pray for others, not just for you. But not just praying for others, even praying for his enemies. Even praying for people that have spoken badly about him behind his back. People that have hurt him and caused him harm. People wanting to kill him, in fact. He's praying for them. And here's the beautiful thing that happens, you see. When you read from that moment on, from that prayer on, because you, then you keep on reading about the story of Moses and the Israelites, all the resentment that Moses had and bitterness that he had towards the people from that moment that he prayed for them, we don't read about it anymore. Go and have a look. It's gone. And so in praying for those who cause us harm and want to hurt us, God uses that to bring healing to us. So I want to say this to you. If you're sitting here and you've got unforgiveness in your heart, you've got bitterness in your heart, you've got resentment in your heart towards people, 
pray for them. Pray that God will love them, that God will change their hearts as he changes my heart. That for me is a key. It seems out of place, but it actually isn't. And I wanted to bring this one in deliberately. Because that's an important message. If we're going to talk about from here, growing intimately in our relationship with God through the vehicle of prayer, I needed to say this to us. Prayer is not just about you and, me and my life. It's about the world around me. It's about the people around me. It's about my community. And it's even about those people that I don't like, that have hurt me. When I can develop such a prayer life, my life will be transformed in the process. And that's what we see with Moses. Okay, last one, and I'm done. Just a general comment. If you read the life of Moses, you look at Exodus, Leviticus, uh, um, Numbers, Deuteronomy, to a lesser extent, actually, and we look at his prayer life, we see that Moses prayed a lot. He prayed a lot, but he listened even more. And so this is my final opening remark about prayer. Prayer is not just about talking, 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 talking. If we're really going to grow and get into a deep and meaningful relationship with God through the vehicle of prayer, I need to be willing to listen. To listen. Moses l talked a lot, but he, but he listened even more. Now, here's where the problem comes in, and here's my final comment I want to make. is If you're anything like me, here's what I think listening and prayer, or this is what I used to think listening and prayer is all about. Listening is me sitting down, Closing my eyes. Okay, God. Talk. I'm listening. Right? And then if you're anything like me, it takes about two and a half seconds. Ooh, uh, I, I've got to make supper tonight. What am I going to... Oh, I must go to the Obertain. Uh, and then, right? Then my, my mind begins to wander. And then, oh, okay, no, wait, I'm supposed to be listening. Okay, wait, okay, God, I'm listening. Talk. Right? And about two seconds later, oh, I forgot, oh, I've got a phone. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I think true listening does not mean just sitting in silence doing nothing. What is one of the key ways? Now, we know God uses many ways to speak to us, right? But what's one of the key chief ways that God uses to speak to us? It's called the Bible, right? So I want to say to you, in this series, my prayer for you is that we will grow in an intimate relationship with our God, with our Creator, that we will love to talk to Him, but that we will love to listen to Him. And I want to suggest to you, here's the best way of listening. Maybe listening will look like this. Get your Bible, open it up, and start reading. You pray first, say, Lord, I'm listening. And then you just start reading the Bible. Read the Bible. And God will speak. Listening is not just sitting there in silence. So, amen. Um, let me be serious for a second. I, 
before we go on our summer holidays, those of us who are lucky enough to go, blessed enough to go, and blessed enough not to have our flights canceled <laughs> because the airport's too busy. Um, before we go on our summer holidays, I, I want to encourage you to take the next five weeks and notice the fire. Notice the smoke. And stop. And come closer. Come closer. And I do that by, by taking time to just say, God, I'm, I want to pay attention to you and my life and the world around me. I want to know you more. Lord, I've been following you for a long time, but my relationship's a bit dry with you, if I'm honest with you. I don't want that anymore. I want a new, fresh, joyful knowledge of you. I want my relationship with you to be real, really real. And I know that at the heart of that is me talking to you and you talking to me and me listening. And so in the coming weeks, Lord, I want to commit myself to wrestling with this, this thing called prayer. And I want to draw closer to you. And I want to listen to you. I want to read my Bible more. And I want to listen, speak. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we hope that you have a wonderful week. See you next time.